You're watching the British Emergency Broadcasting System. The estimated date is March or November 2013. It's 19 hours. So now, as usual, it's time for the quiz broadcast. Hello, good evening, and remain indoors. This is the quiz broadcast, coming to you every Friday, the same day as your food parcels. So chow down on a protein fudge, take whatever injections are recommended in your sector, and prepare to enjoy the show! Well, it's between 600 and 750 days since the event, but that hasn't stopped those of us that survive from enjoying ourselves. So let's remain indoors and say hello to our contestants. Hi there. Hello. Hi. How have you guys been? Hold, how have you guys been holding up in the um, in the uh, in the week? <laughs> in our, I don't even. Know, how many? You, you know, six hundred to seven hundred fifty fifty days since the event. You know, of like being, uh, you know, having to remain indoors. Well, I have been self isolating uh, for about a week now. Garrett, or Garrett, Jacob, or one of you guys want to uh, go? I mean, I I started. I played a show last Sunday. And uh, that was kind of the last time I went out in a normal fashion, I guess. That would be the best way I could put it. Then I had to go to work Monday and Tuesday. And then Tuesday they told us we could start working from home. That's really just been my whole thing. How the, how's the working from home been? Uh, it's been okay. Like Ever since I became a contractor, I, I don't uh, – like I, – I, 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 I think differently about work. Like I don't uh, get as fucking annoyed at by tasks and stuff. So like the extra bullshit you have to put up with from working from home is I think more than sort of made up for by the fact that, you know, you can stay in your pajamas as long as you want. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's definitely more of a pain in the ass cause I don't have the dual monitor and all that stuff. But, uh, but it's, it's been all right. Yeah. I can stay. I don't have a problem on task you know well, that helps yeah i um i got i i do have the second monitor for the home rig here and i found that it's it has been you know extremely effective for a lot of stuff it's like one of those things where you know you can get cheap monitors for from uh from free geek that are i got 1080p so i figured went and got one and yeah it is well worth it that's good how's uh, how's um how's your other half holding up are you going to get a Wuhan um, divorce? <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. No, it's not looking that way. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd read that somewhere, if it was your trademark. I read an article that said that uh, a bunch of people in China are getting divorced. So, <laughs> I That's what I had seen, too. That, that it's just, this is, That's like the, the lighter side of the Wuhan. I guess that's not that light, actually. People getting divorced is serious. Anyway... Yeah. Uh, She's, you know, like she had, cause she's in school. So the, the thing that made it hard for her was that like the last week of, you know, like finals week, basically, um, you know, they had to make all these, uh, changes to the way that they were going to do things and, um, kind of threw her for a bit of a loop in some of her classes, but I think it turned out all right. Cool. And she doesn't have to worry about work. Uh, 
you know, right now while she's full time in school. So, so it's all right. And we've gotten out on a couple of bike rides and stuff, you know, where we don't, we don't really bump into people. So we're not going too crazy. That's good. I mean, I'm mad that they made me close my kissing booth, but other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> well, that's because you called your kissing booth, you know, Jacob's super sloppy double there. I offered. To I mean, if it anyone, if if at any time we needed, you know, the soothing comfort of a kiss, it's probably now. You know, it's it's one of it's one of uh, life's cruel ironies when you think about it. Take it up with Kate Brown, man. What's the thing? Well, I mean, oh, you... I've got yeah, I've got some things on my mind for Kate Brown. Okay, let's hear them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna enumerate them. No, why not? This is the perfect time. Like, let's hear. I, I would like a tax. I would like a tax deduction for. Um, cats you know she doesn't listen to me on that she doesn't she's not going with the times either you know so i think that's something that a lot of people would get behind are you guys behind it sure i got two cats like i'll, I'll take the i'll take the deductions out and get them you get, get the deduction and then and then jacob i know you like cat do you have a cat no i can't get a cat they closed the adoption service yeah that's the weird thing is would you okay do you do you want a cat? Yes. That's why I was checking to see yeah, if the adoption a, service was still open. You'd get a little deduction for wanting a cat, but Jeremy would get a bigger one for having two. And then, did you see cats? No. I should, though. Okay. Is it out on... to get some is um, drugs is, is it is it, out, is it out yet? Is it out on, like... Yeah, I want to see Sorry, Garrett? Uh, I don't know if it's out. I know one guy who was... But, in Los Angeles, who would host rowdy film screenings of it at night, and he's been uh, now taken to uh, street, you know, like having like streaming parties, watching them with people. Yeah, I wanted to go see it. Uh, McKendry saw it with her nephew, and they both enjoyed it. And I was like, when she was telling me about it, I was like, I want to see that, and it does look bonkers. Uh, but I want to see it, and like, just let it be what it's going to be. And then I was got, I got so like, kind of like skeeved out by the idea that it was just going to be full of people ironically enjoying it and then that kind of that's why i didn't go, end up going to see it but the point is if you had seen cat there would be another small deduction for that just right. just uh this in the next three tax years though hey, that's, man, that's the plan i had going i don't know why we're talking about deductions though shouldn't cats get corona bucks should cats get corona bucks um yeah. you're gonna have to unpack this concept of corona well they've been Talking about like just giving everybody with the amount varies five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. I think Bernie was calling for two thousand uh, dollars per month as long as uh-huh. this crisis goes on. I think cats should get. I mean, I think two thousand dollars is excessive, but you know, maybe half that, whatever half of whatever the people get. I think that's great, um, and I. But I think that this has nothing to do. Uh, this is sort of outside the tax structure that I'm trying to that I'm trying to that I'm trying to do this deduction uh, business through uh, with the help of our governor. But you're right. I do think that they should get Corona bucks and maybe, you know, like maybe more than than everybody else. You know what I mean? If they've logged, if they've registered and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, cats provide a valuable service and we're learning that now, you know, just just how valuable. Yeah, the. um I finally finished the damn catio, and those uh, those fuckers are going to enjoy it, even if I have to force them to. Nice. <laughs> That's right. You've got grocery store clerks. You've got 
medical providers, and you've got cats. Those are the real heroes of the crisis. That's right. Hey, friends, yep. I came up on video for a little bit. What do you think of that? Well, there you are. We're turning my phone now. Boom. Big Matt Crispin energy. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do bear a strong resemblance to Matt Crispin, I know. Oh, it's strong, but it's definitely there. Yeah, well, when I see it, I'm like, oh, I look just like that guy. I don't I don't feel great about it. Yeah, he's he's a bigger boy than you are. <laughs> I think he's actually like a, he's actually he a big... he's actually either my height or is like a like an inch or two taller. Yeah, he seems like he's kind of tall. Yes, he's the largest of all the chapos. Although it's interesting how it's he's been just kind of like just full on full on just um <laughs> full, yeah, full, yeah, full on just like yeah, black pilling himself. I'm feeling pretty black pilled myself these days, frankly. I mean, as far as this whole crisis goes, I would say physically I'm fine. I think my allergies are acting up, which is causing like a low grade hypochondriac panic. Right. Yeah. Same. And mentally I'm used to isolation. So it's been a little crappy not visiting my friend once a week and going to the coffee shop. And I, I used to go to the grocery store literally every day before this went down. So, you know, that's a little frustrating, but not that big a deal for me. But I have to say in a, in addition to the election, this has probably radicalized me more than anything that has ever happened. Like, it is really messing with my head pretty hard. Yeah, that's the, uh, you mean, the fact that not only, you know, do we do we need immediately, imme- you know, immediate, so robust social democratic systems right now, we, we just need, a, we, it would be nice just to have a functioning state. I mean, that's one take. Another would be no state which i have to admit in my current mood is <laughs> a little attractive how do we do no state though that's the problem well i'm sure there's a lot of libertarian podcasts that will fill you in on that one but actually i'm yeah. kind of curious we've got two big old nerds right here garrett as i understand it you're pretty good at the numbers right you're a numbers guy uh i'm an accountant which is uh uh mythologized as being for numbers people it's it's i mean i'm okay i'm okay you're a numbers nerd right so i'm curious what's your take on this situation economically speaking are you in favor of the trillion dollar coin what do you think about uh, corona bucks thanks thanks for asking jacob uh let's see the the coin i read about years ago when they were first talking about it and i think the coin uh is a sort of a strong arm tactic that uh, I I'm actually fine with. I would like to see the Democrats doing more shit like that. Uh, and it seems to me that like it's could, you know, it could be contested in the courts, but like it does seem from the, ex- from the explanations I had read that there isn't anything uh, unconstitutional about it. So yeah, go ahead with the coin as long as, or two as long coins. as you're like you're really going to do something like a like a like a uh, employment for everybody sort of thing, uh, uh, you know, something that really will help regular people and then stimulate the economy in that way. Uh, yeah. And then, what was the other thing you asked about the Corona bucks? The Corona bucks. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, it should be as big as possible. I think it should probably just go to everybody, right? And, and uh, just but, tax it I mean, back from the rich people later. Yeah, there you go. That'll work. That works for me. And then the, I mean, I don't know 
it'll do good. I don't know how much good it'll do. My, my guess is that most people will get their Corona bucks and immediately use it to pay down debt, you know, to, to, to give it or, or buy, uh, if they buy necessities, great. But, but I think a lot of people are going to try to pay the, pay their credit cards down, stuff like that, you know, cause they don't trust that system or they haven't heard that, you know, they can get them frozen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how easy it is to get them frozen either. Anyway, sorry, bit of a ramble. No, that's what we're here for. Jeremy. What's up? You're a leftist theory nerd. What's your take on all this? Is this the dawning of a new age? Uh, it's the dawning of something. The problem is is that because this happened... Can you hear the people sing? Uh, well, singing the songs of angry men, yeah. But uh, the problem is, is that it's like with, the, with the, all the people pushing for a rent strike to happen in a week's time. Um, we're, you know, it's, it's too early and we're too weak. Like there is a... Um, I mean, Christ, part of the part of knowing when the, the, the revolutions are going to pop off is actually knowing when to hold, when, you know, trying to hold back on people. Because like, wasn't something like even when they're like, the people were ready to go to, you know, to to pull off the Russian revolution, like I think like in the summer or something like that. And all the all the leaders were like, no, don't you know, just we're like trying to like restrain, hold people back. It's like, yeah, you can't do it yet because if you do it when you're too weak, you get crushed. Um, sure, sure. But on the flip side of that, as I understand it, a big part of why the Russian Revolution started popping off was because there were some very public examples of getting people. Uh, there were some very public examples of people being treated spectacularly unfairly and right. executed for no reason and stuff like that. And Ooh. you know, if we're in the same situation next month and people are suddenly in the hole for one month's rent. And they still have no way to get out of that hole. I have the feeling that's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Is like, um, we're. Gonna, I mean, this is the thing. The, the other thing is like people say like violence is going to break out. Well, like we're already hyper violent. Um, you know, like there are there are people like there are like hate crimes going on against Asian Americans okay. now because you know the dumb shit in office. Keeps calling. Uh, they they keep wanting to be cute, calling it you know the Chinese virus or or any Come other flu. Yeah, or any other garbage thing. And it's like shut the fuck up. But it's like um, well, part of it is like I mean we're we're also a massively violent society, and well, I mean we're individually violent, right? Well, no, I mean well, I mean this uh, well, but I'm no. I think we're, at every we are violent at every level though. Like at every possible level of strata, we are very we are very violent people. But my thing is that, um, and I think I think Varn was saying something about this too. But it's like the, the problem right now is like the only two extra state organized um, groups or levels are like the military and the church. And um, and it's like you know it's, you have like all of these idiot militias who are running around and who are who very are really heavily heavily armed, and I don't know. Um, I mean, I would push back on that, though, because you have essentially individuals being violent against each other. I honestly wouldn't count the stuff at protests. You know, the, every every once in a while, somebody gets put into the hospital, but that's about it. You have a fair amount of violence from the police, but that's pretty one sided. And you have the ongoing terrible war machine, which is horrific, but not something that we ever see. What I'm talking about is mobilization of people in large groups who are doing things like you know, pushing for rent strikes and being willing to violently push out people who are trying to, you know, evict someone. Right. 
that's the type of violence that I think people are talking about. And I agree that I don't see it yet, but I think we're a lot closer to it now than we have been in a very long time. Yeah. And I think rent like might be the, the, the battlefield. You know what I mean? Like I, that might be the wedge in, uh, Margot black from the Portland tenants United. Like she friend of the show. That's, she- that's kind of, yeah, she's kind of, that was kind of her theory that like, we shouldn't we should shouldn't focus as much on labor well i don't know i don't want to put words in her mouth but like she's saying that we're we are missing an opportunity by not focusing more on rent uh or putting some focus on it at least and i think that like you have more and more people renting rents becoming more and more ridiculous in any kind of attractive place to live it just seems like if you could only get 10 percent of the population in the major cities fucking up in arms about it i think you can get a lot done i don't think it would take that much yeah the um you were already i mean even i, I was uh, that's the thing i uh, i've been i don't know i don't think i could call it completely isolating because i have been going out to make like supply runs and sure. there was a couple of days where i did stay at home like completely and maybe went out, went out for a walk <laughs> uh saturday before last um the Saturday before last, I was out, you know, just walking, did my usual lap around, you know, between here and MLK, and walked by, well, walked across the street by Ron Tom's, and the thing was fucking overflowing with a wedding party, which what I, well, what I'm guessing is a wedding party because all the guys had like, you know, they all had like, you know, suit coats and white shirts on and and such, and it was like, you know, spilling out to the street, and this was on. There was today's the twenty second. This was on. This was like on like on like the fourteenth. Like after all the schools are shuttering down, like in this end, I think even after they finally went ahead and closed Disneyland, and it's like Jesus Christ, people. It's I don't know, but it's yeah. It's, I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, like I said, I did that show last Sunday, and I thought, well, I'm gonna go play to nobody, uh, and probably walk out of there like six dollars, um, and. I can't say I was pleasantly surprised because there were like way more people than I thought there were going to be. There were like at least 20, 25 people. Um, and there were people with children there. Like it, it tripped me out, man. I know that children are less susceptible to it, but I feel like that, uh, I feel like the way that that's gotten out has probably made people behave more irresponsibly than they should have done. Yeah. So I don't know. But well, that's the thing is that, well, the thing about the kids is that it's not so, we don't, uh, you know, they, right now appear to be a good part of it is that you know we're because it's you know we're it's still we're only you know we're early on in this thing and it's we're only in like mid late march and um we don't have the kits because we don't have the test the problem is like you know there's like so much of the of the problem is that is just a complete epistemic blackout because we don't know you know they because they just we don't have no, no one's getting tested or barely anyone is getting tested because you know all of the you know you know all the jackasses who make the decisions you know the you know the the only way the only thing they know how to do is to attempt to you max you know you're maximizing rate of profit and and which means that you can't you don't have any it's all like lean manufacturing just in time bullshit and you don't have any slack in the system whatsoever to allow for stuff like oh, okay you know let's let's break out the uh, like let's break out and distribute the test kits and such and so it's and because of that it's like we don't know how many people and which ones and where uh, are 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 asymptomatic carriers. Like I mean fucking what Rand Paul just got just caught, you know caught a case and 
it, and it's a point where he was like, you know, hanging out with all of you, hanging out with the rest of the schmucks who are all just kind of like, you know, laughing about it. And again, you know, so, so, so much, um, wanting to go against, you know, proving that they're not a snowflake, that they'll, you know, they're just, you know, just like, they're still like, you know, glad handed and backslapping. And he's, like I said, and I think, and with the kids, it's like kids are, uh, I think, yeah, kids aren't, you know, necessarily going to get sick, but kids can, kids can transmit. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like. I think the idea that people were saying like kids don't seem to get it as bad as adults do probably has caused a lot of adults to go, well, we could take our kids. It's not going to hurt them. You know what I mean? Without even thinking about their kids transmitting it to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, the important takeaway from this is that you shouldn't visit your grandma. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. That's one of the, um, yeah, that's part of it. Is is that uh, that you know? It's kind of like I guess that one you know, kind of like the one of the more like heartbreaking or tragic parts of it is that you know grandparents can't hug their grandkids because of fear of transmission. And you know, let's you know half you know uh, what's the fun? What's the point of being a grandparent if you can't you know play with your grandkids? I've never understood the point of grandparents in the first place. Let's organize these grandparents. Is what I say. Yeah, I mean they've got a grievance. You know, if you when you frame it that way, Jeremy. They have nothing but grievances. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, good point. Thanks for bringing me back down to earth, buddy. My back hurts. This chair is uncomfortable. <laughs> they, there, are, there are interracial people kissing on TV. To steal the Simpsons line. I'm thirsty. Ooh, what smells like mustard? There are a lot of ugly people in your neighborhood. Oh, look at that one. Oh, my glaucoma just got worse. The president is a Democrat! Hello? I can't unbuckle my seatbelt! Stuff costs more than it used to. Yeah. No, I mean, they're they're obnoxious, but I don't think we should unleash the boomer remover on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few in my life that I that I love very much, so people in that age. I don't know. It's a, in, but it's something where, yeah, not just with, like, election, you know, voting habits and, like, you know, cable news are watching, but it's like there's just this weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because of all the people who are paying attention to it and getting freaked out by you know the, the fact they have older relatives who aren't. But it's like, I mean, God, the Friday before last, my dad was my dad was almost like parodying what was parodying the like Fox News talking heads talk about how it's all overblown and it's not. You know, it's, it is kind of like it's only like a cold or like the flu or something, and it's like. Yeah, it's it's like it's like it's like things aren't even getting getting through to any of them. You know, they're washing their hands at least, so that's something. But yeah, are we gonna have a mass? Uh, you know, is there gonna be a, a, a large number of deaths as Math Christmas is hoping for before the the election? Are they going to the polls? Um. Well, they certainly did on Tuesday, but um, I don't know. Uh, I would, uh, because you know, so many people are uh, are, you know, like I said, I think part of it is like they're, uh, you know, because the the na- you know national party leadership is, is has control over everything with a death grip, and they they are conv- they are either like because they're older, clueless, rich people, which means they don't, you know, they are they've been so. Um, so uh shielded from reality for so many years um that they you know it's just completely you know they're thinking from another thing that's like okay who whatever so it's we're still going to force people you know to go stand in lines and vote because most of the country is still not vote by mail so i don't know 
As far as that flu thing goes, I just want to mention that the flu is something that we actively fight against with things like vaccines. And mm-hmm. if you count the amount as far as hospitalizations and uh, outpatient visit goes, it's something like $10 billion a year to fight the flu. Yeah. And that's something that we actually have something of a handle on. So this sniffing contemptuously about something that we don't have a vaccine for is, I mean, if it, even if it was just the flu, it would still be pretty bad and kill a lot of people. Yeah. But that's where the fun, that's where the novelty comes in, and like that's one of the reasons they keep you know I don't you always you'll see the fact that it like they'll they'll use the term novel when in in the in the virus description, but they don't actually um, it's like I, I don't think they actually really explain why uh, that term what that term actually means because it's like something they just, because it's boring and it lasts a long time. Yeah. Yes, it's a thousand pages, and you use it to prop up a monitor. Anyway, and nobody actually gets it. Yeah, you said unless they take a you know unless you take a two a two term class for it, but I'm trying to think of uh, well it's, I can give them, like for my take of like what I've been doing for the for the last week or two because like I've been unemployed since December so for a while like a lot of a lot of February I was doing like a lot of like you know some job hunting and like some volunteering some volunteering for the Bernie Sanders campaign like you know we went to we went to we went to Reno to canvas over the caucus weekend and that was great. Um, oh yeah, the Bernie Sanders campaign. I remember that back yeah. in the before times. Yep, in the long, long ago, before the event. Um, we must not talk about the event. This might be a good time to remind our viewers, if there are any, please don't think about the event. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, remain indoors. And now it's been a kind of a thing where I mean, I'm I'm mainly, you know, I'm mainly at home and inside most of the day anyway. Like over the last week, there there are days where, uh, like I, you know, I I made supply runs for people because like I had to I had to pick up a I had to pick up you know like like pet meds for a friend from the veterinarian and I or I'd you know go down to the uh, the social justice action social justice action center because we were making hand sanitizer that night and that's where people had stored some raw materials. And, you know, doing runs like that. And I did the same thing today of, like, you know, making runs out to, like, Park, Horse, Park, uh, Park Rose Hardware or a couple of places just to pick, you know, like to tr- like uh, somebody had had some donated masks. And turns out, so, you know, there are certain places around town that have, still have boxes of gloves in. And I found a place that had actually had, like, really expensive uh, toilet paper because it's for, you know, it's for RVs and marine and boats. It's like, you know, you grab, you buy the stuff and it, you stick it in there and it lasts for like five years or something. But, you know, it's kind of the thing where now it's a valued commodity and people need, because people wait. are running out. So Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that toilet paper doesn't last five years? I'm saying there's, a, the only stuff that that is on the shelves anywhere is stuff that's, that's advertised for marine and RV use. Like right. you put it in your camper. And what's the difference? Um, I guess it's just stuff that the paper doesn't doesn't you know doesn't like kind of degrade or fall apart or delaminate or something over time. I don't know. I don't well, you know. But you're you're saying that that can happen that that it does that. Maybe. Okay. I can see I, how I I have to make a quick run to Costco to return some stuff. I will be right back. Yeah. Da dum da da dum bump bump. Yeah. So. Anywho. But yeah. How, about, how are we getting psyched? How are we psyched about Joe Biden? You guys. How are we psyching know. ourselves up for this? That's the thing. Is, mean, is, is he talking sick? about Corona Joe? Yeah. Corona Joe. He's absent. Does he have the disease? Is that going around? 
Well, uh, we know that there was that political article article from this last weekend saying that that a lot of people are trying to figure. Well, like first, well, where where is he? And then it's like, hey, he's you know, if this guy is the ostensible front runner or some bullshit, um, why has the, you know the fact that he the only time he was been on TV in a, in like a week was just to give a either like a confused speech that his wife had to kind of like walk him off of or I think was it like, like Sunday, like last Sunday or something where he, where I think Bernie was doing like 30 was doing like, you know, he, Bernie can do like three 45 minute sets a day and Joe can barely talk for seven minutes at a time. But the, uh, the thing in the article they were mentioning is that, that they, uh, all of the campaign staffers were freaking out because they, uh, because they don't have a movement. They only, you know, they only have, um, they can only, right. fun, you know, they only fundraise through close, closed door, face to face, and handshaking with like billionaires. And rich people love that global travel and like like doing things like ski trips, ski trips to Italy and Aspen, and you know, shaking each other's hands. And um, who knows? Who fucking knows? But it's yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? My take would be that I thought that some of the behavior that his campaign exhibited when this was really starting to pop off uh, around the primary was inexcusable, in my opinion. Like, the idea that they're going to tell people, oh, yeah, it's fine. If you're not symptomatic, go vote. Even in times of strife in this country, we have to do our duty. So uh, the CDC and folks have said it's safe out there for Tuesday. So I, you know, I don't know what Senator Sanders was talking about, but I'll tell you, Governor DeWine said it was safe in Ohio. So I, I encourage people to get out there and vote on Tuesday. Simone Sanders, thank you very much. Appreciate your take. When they knew that wasn't the case. Yeah. yeah that's it's so incredibly disgusting and infuriating to me that I think I'm pretty much at the point where I got to with Hillary where I just, I can't imagine voting for him under any circumstances. Right. Well, we're in Oregon, so you probably, you more, unless things get really bad. And at this point, who fucking knows you probably won't have to. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. I mean, there's other people, there's a plenty of like local races that we can, of like decent people, these people who've been on the, who have been on the show that would uh, improve things by get, by being elected. But you know, once you get much, I'm voting. Don't know if I'm voting for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to get a change of pace as far as my senile gibberish goes. Lying <laughs> dog-faced pony soldier is hard to top. Yeah. It's that's, people... that's the kind of fire that I would like my president to spit. But Yeah, it's like kind of people were talking about how... Um... Like oh you know like some people are trying to like brush this off saying oh he has a stutter and and also therefore if you mention anything if you bring up any sort of like observation about the fact that he's lost a step you're doing ableism and it's like and as I think John Darnielle put said it on a Facebook comment he's like yeah so stuttering doesn't explain corn pop I posted something about that that like really uh, you know it was a sort of amalgamation of clips of him from you know the you know all the stuff recently all the crazy stuff recently and then you know like a like a handful of ones from four years ago where he's like you know much quicker on the uptake much sharper Mm -hmm. and that that was really what did it like just really got me scared it's like and and just being like i can't believe like they're putting this in front of us like this is a real choice yeah And, and uh um but I got in a, you know, I got in, a, I got a little bit, <laughs> I got a little bit hot with a family member about it, and uh, I've kind of 
I've kind of pulled the plug, like disconnected on on that stuff a little bit ever since. Because I just I hate fighting with family about it. Give me their Facebook information. I'll fight them for you. <laughs> well, Adam, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Yeah, that's one. Of, what well, that's the things like the, 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 all of those campaigns lately. It's much like how um, in the last week, you know, it's like the you know the kind of like this edifice of mystification and um, you know like people like explaining why you know why we can't have better things has all been like ripped away, and it's like all of the. Um, it's similarly with like all of you know all those like you know campaign supporters and like professional types online who really are just kind of like just you know uh shitty resume builders um who are like you know really showing their true colors about a lot of stuff yeah i mean it's kind of fascinating because the one really big time that biden made an impression on me, the one time that i can think of when there was like a moment where i was like oh okay was during his debate with Paul Ryan. Oh yeah. No, that and was yeah. really that was a lot. really impressed me. I thought I was like wow, like Ryan got dismantled. Yeah. It was not even close. Yeah. I got a lot of mileage with um with McKendry as well. She really liked she was super impressed by that. Yeah, but it yeah. was it was a, But you, I mean in the in the in the debates this year, I, I he was a bit more lucid with his one-on-one with Bernie, but before that, I mean yeah, I he was barely a presence to me yeah. at least. And I think that well, I think the the deliberate. You, I mean, that that many you know that many candidates being allowed to run was deliberate. Like I mean, like I said, Joe Biden isn't a, isn't a candidate. He's a figurehead that all the that all the all all the bundlers in the Democratic Party leadership, you know, stuffed together and shoved in front of a camera just to um, you know just to scold the left and push back about it. You know, it's kind of like yeah, I, mean, I guess. Like- Going back to those, you know, sort of resume stuffer people that you're, it's like, you know, some of them have to have, I mean, they have political beliefs of a certain type, you know, so it's hard to know, like, when they're, like, sort of self-regarded uh, for their own paycheck ends, you know, their sort of desire to, uh, you know, to enrich themselves ends and their sort of belief in this or that candidate, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, because some of those people had to have believed in whoever, you know, right? fucking Michael Bennett or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you, you read about him. <laughs> so I, I, but I don't understand like what, um, yeah, I don't know. When you say that the, that the, the large field of candidates was deliberate, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, I mean, cause these people are, these are people with huge egos, you know what I mean? So, oh yeah. No, they, I mean, that's let's what, look at Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and that was, and that's also part of the thing of, I can't. I don't, I don't remember who said this, but it was like when you have that much money. I think actually Sam Cedar was talking about this, but it's like if you have that much money, it becomes you attract. Um, you would tra- start attracting like you know like the uh, kind of like the people who you know the like the high stakes players, the kind of like you know the the top tier grifter conman type who can you know but who can you know are far better than you at tricking you out of your money without you knowing it. And like mm-hmm. the, get in there. They're very, very good at getting hired and getting slotted to places. You know, they don't actually, you know, they, they're completely incompetent because, you know, actually being able to do the work is that's secondary. You know, this is, um, the whole point is to get like, you know, juicy contracts. It's the kind of, it's the kind of shit with, you know, they're, they're, they're banging about the, the bailout stuff now. 
and it's like all of the uh, all of the idiot companies that all want you know billions in bailouts, and they're all you know even though they're already like massively profit you know hyper profitable, that it's like the same thing. It's except you know except those companies at least you have people who actually are pretty good at something. But in, in the campaigns, it's kind of a thing where and this is a vaguely um, unfocused and rambling thought, but it's like. You know they have so much. It's like Bloomberg. He has so much money he can't. It shield because he's been shielded from any. Um, you know it's 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 almost akin to like why stand up comedians once they get enough money and fame, because they get they're pulled out of the uh, they're pulled out of the the ecosystem that keeps them sharp. And so they lose the ability to, um, they just become comfortable rich people. They lose the ability to, you know, they, they lose oh, their handle on it. What's that? Oh, that's a Tim Allen. That guy never lost his edge. He, um, he did get his show continued, I think, and on a, <laughs> on, on a different channel. your pants back on hell and i'm it's you know you're gonna remember what now we're in um uh he's saying put your pants back on i'm like no we're in we're in uncharted new waters and dark new um dark new you've got what a poor connection oh i don't know how long this will last oh okay actually you're coming through okay but anyway Unless we sound bad or something, but the um, you know, so that, you know we're in wild new pandemic times. It's like I'm gonna truly gonna become the uh, you know the guy who goes back to just wear you know wearing shorts all the time. You know, weather is freakishly nice. It you know it snowed what like nine days ago, and in the last few days it's been like in the mid sixties and sunny. Damn skippy. What yeah, you- the weather's been great. No, nothing, nothing to uh, I won't be including the weather in my complaints to Kate Brown. But uh, that's about all. Yeah, that's the, um, we did do one of the things that we did we have done during the week was uh, a bunch of like DSA and local people did um, the uh, a big kind of I can't remember what the, what the hell is the name of that is a there's a term for Braz- uh, the, the the kind of like a Brazilian style street noise protest with pots and pans. It was a protest, kind of like a noise making protest kind of a care but it was a caravan because we couldn't you know just demanding like you know rent freeze now and debt or um you know a bunch of different things you know abolish ice all that kind of stuff but because you, you can't really meet up we um um we did it in cars it just covered the cars with like you know posters and slogans and such and on friday afternoon met up at met up by the lloyd center and just drove a big loop around the city like went downtown and looped around a little bit and then went as far out as like 122nd and then back up and around and just you know honked horns and people had pots and pans and a couple like um some megaphones to yell stuff at and um yeah, it's like if you do if you search for the uh, the no covid capitalism tag on um on various social networks you'll see people were posting stuff about it and like we entertained like a heck of a lot of people and actually had like a you know it was, it was like a you know just a rare uh it was like just this rare nice moment for the last week. We only uh, we're, yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of an idea. And even got on the new, I think there was a Coin TV, um, uh, K-O-I-N TV uh, a news report. Well, t- cameraman there, <laughs> one man cameraman, and like you know, had to like was also interviewing people and holding his own mic, holding his own boom mic. And so we talked to a couple, you know, the, the two DSA chairs, you know, who were sitting on a, on a car festooned with signs about it too. So maybe we made it on the news. I don't know. And it's this, um, you know, it's like let's hear it for that wave of honktivism. Which they which happened in San Francisco today? No, either San Francisco or Sacramento, because I think uh, I think a bunch of uh, 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 caravan of folks went, showed up at Gavin Newsom's house to uh, make a lot of noise and you know to start like demanding like rent freezes and um, and you know Indian ice raids and actually letting people out of jails and like in, you know because it's like people held in there people are held in jail just because they couldn't pay like five hundred dollars worth of for, you know for bail because of for like a speeding ticket or some bullshit. So I saw somebody uh, got arrested for like one hundred dollars, which is horrifying. Yeah, maybe they should try driving through these politicians' houses. That would get their attention. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um... If they don't, well, that, that that's that's month two stuff. Though. Yeah, don't want to jump right. the gun. Got to crawl before you can walk, like <laughs> Jeremy was talking about earlier. Uh, Ray, the Russian Revolution. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, uh, I was listening to uh, it was one of, one of the latest uh, beep episodes of Beep Beep Lettuce, and they used the term. Um, <laughs> they used the term parody satire uh, as as verb. As in, hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe if, if some of these elected types, um, you know, aren't going to start listening to demands, maybe somebody should, uh, you know, parody satire them. <laughs> I love it. Pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Is have you guys been what have you got? What media have you guys have been consuming lately that you, uh, you know, to help get you through? Why don't you go, Jacob? I finished watching The Good Place. What did you think of the last season? I was okay with it. I thought that the ending sucked. Well, the way I'm not from... someone who has a lot of patience for the whole self-negation as uh, escape from perfection type. I, I think that's stupid. See, I didn't take it as self-negation. I think it was. I thought that was more of a karma. It was it was more of like a, a waves of karma and and reincarnation before, kind of like you know you 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 end the cycle. Yeah, that sounds dumb too. Although it's in, at some point I got I'm, no I got no time for it. It's interesting as a show that was so heavily premised on like Western ethical uh, uh, philosophy wound up uh, solving its own problems by switching to Eastern. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of why I didn't like it. It just felt like it was changing tune mid-song oh it definitely was i think it um i really you know, the first two like i said if you get folks get a chance especially all the all of the great seasons are on netflix now um the i think the last season is kind of a thing where i think they they went in the wrong direction and it's kind of like we're kind of, we're treading water for like half of the season and yeah i don't know binging, binging it, it i didn't really feel like that to me me as much but what really jumped out was just like i felt like all the romantic stuff was just really poorly handled yep it came off as very clumsy i like i enjoyed the show quite a bit when they uh weren't confessing that they were in love with each other but anytime stuff like that happened it was usually a pretty big groaner with with some exceptions but 
uh, I, I was Jason and Janet were for the most part pretty cute, but for, yeah, otherwise I was not digging on that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big shipper though, so. Yeah, so we're, we're a nap could probably have something to say. Yeah, well. Oh, yeah, I also watched the third season of Castlevania, which is something that uh, Natasha got me into. How was the third season? I liked it quite a bit. Which, what, what were they using as the source material for this one? I have no idea. I've never played any of the Castlevania games, so. Seriously? Wow. Yep. I, I might have played it, I might have rented, like, the very first Nintendo game when I was a kid. Oh, that's uh, that's hardcore, Yeah. But I don't honestly remember that much of it. It didn't make a big impression on me. I was way more into the DuckTales Nintendo game. So yeah. uh, I can say that they have so far based none of the third season on the DuckTales Nintendo game. At no <laughs> point does Dracula go to the moon. That's unfortunate. The uh, yeah, the, the um, I think I wa- I kind of like watch. I would watch the first couple seasons, or at least well, I have them. I you know I'd have them on like the second monitor where I was playing like Civilization or something, and they seemed like okay, but um, I don't know. It's like this kind of weird. At some point, it was like almost like weird. Like you know, it looked like they're doing like, their own version of like Full Metal Alchemist or something. I don't know. It wasn't. I was just curious if like the, uh, well, it, well, on the games. I will say this: Symphony of the Night, real good game. All of the. Uh, all of the handheld games, real good. Um, Bloodstained, really good. But um, it's still good. Um, Garrett, what have you been digging on? Um, so the show we've been mostly watching lately is Nashville. <laughs> and I, I'm really surprised to say I enjoy it quite a bit. Well, good. It's, what uh, is it? I don't know anything about it. It was it was like, it was I'm on a major, CB- one of the major networks. Like CBS like, was in it for yeah. It started on one of them and then ended up on CMT, Country Music Entertainment or Television or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh and it's a it's like a drama, uh, but like kind of like a well shit, this might be is Melrose Place Melrose Place Before Your Time, Jacob? Uh, I never watched it. But yeah. they, did, they did like a new version of Melrose Place, right? So like five or ten years ago, I think. <laughs> I yeah. yeah, I didn't watch that either though, so that doesn't help. Um I mean, so when I say it's I mean, it's kind of like something like, uh, oh fuck, I don't know. You know, it's it's a it's it's basically like a family drama. You know, like sometimes, uh, you know, there'll be some soap opera y elements to it. Like the drama is a little bit heightened at times. So sometimes it's really true to life and and kind of poignant, and it shows you how the country music uh, industry in Nashville kind of, I think, realistically works. And I find that pretty interesting. And there's people who play songwriters in it. So there's lots of good music in it too. Right. And, uh, um, but the, but it's not a musical. No, there's, there's tons of music, not a musical. And it's like, it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, sh- a lot of shipper stuff, as you said, uh, in this. And I, I often don't care about it. Uh, but it's, I'm astounded at even, it's getting more and more bonkers as time goes on. And I'm astounded that as, even as it gets more and more bonkers, I'm not like, Oh, what a waste of time this is! And you know, it's definitely a bubblegum show. But that's mostly what I've been watching. And then we will watch a movie here and there. I saw finally saw Harold and Maude. I'd never seen that before. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. See, yeah, because Nashville originally was originally was a, a Robert Altman film from the mid seventies that is supposed to be like top notch, like one of his best. Even though I think it's almost like three hours, and um. Harold and Maude is definitely from that same era, even though Hal Ashby did it. Yeah. Right. 
When are we going to get a Harold and Wad TV show? That's what I want to know. I'm, uh, I, I, they doubtlessly have pitched it. Gritty reboot? Yeah. This time, full nudity. You see? <laughs> yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. I can run it on, uh, what is it, Cinemax. There you go. The um, Speaking of Ruth Gordon uh, outlets, the one of the things that I did get is um, there, she did a film before... Either I think yeah, it was before Harold and Maude, around the same time, called Whatever Happened to what is it? Was it Aunt Alice? I think, let me I check. Let me check out what it what is. She did. She did a film called uh, in like nineteen sixty, yeah, nineteen sixty nine, called Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice, which is you know kind of like bridging off of Whatever Happened to uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which was she played a. Um, she played the house, you know, the newly hired housekeeper to a uh, to like an old rich woman. And the rich woman stayed rich because she kept hiring um, hiring uh, you know domestic servants who had, and then like wringing them dry for their savings or in investments, and then you know bumping them off. And uh, Ruth Gordon is the um, Ruth Gordon is the is effectively the protagonist who gets hired there to figure out exactly what's been going on. And she's great in it, but um, yeah, well, but, I'll yeah. watch that. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, I w- I would recommend it because like, it's it I'm is like people stuff. <laughs> well, it is it no, it's have a, aliens or explosions or dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, well, what about uh, what about you have what about uh, having uh, old women murdering each other? I'm listening. It was it was in a a sub a sub niche at the time called Psycho Biddy. Where there is like a series, yeah, a series this was of like a, 70s, be, a little this was like a seventies thing, sixties too, sixties and seventies. Yeah. There was a lot of them where like you know like I think like you know Shirley, um, was it Shirley Jones or Shirley Williams? I don't know one of the one of the two Shirleys, um, the non um, the Shirley yeah the, the Shirley from the Poseidon Adventure, not the Shirley from uh, the Partridge Oklahoma. Family. What's that? Yeah, yeah, that one. It but it was like Oklahoma. Yeah, and or. Um, is a um but it was like you know there were several of those who were about kind of like you know kind of like psychotic older women you know just straight murdering folks and there are really like you know uh-huh. they, yeah just you know they're just like you know they're delicious melodramas and have like a lot of scenery chewing and it's kind of a thing of like in like acting ventures for older women who couldn't get really cast in much anymore but right. Uh, there's still like a like whatever happened to Aunt Alice was great. It was one of the ones that I watched. So yeah, it's. What'd you think of uh, What'd you think of uh, Harold and Maude? I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's one of those movies that the people who love it love it so much, and uh, I just had never seen it, and um, I didn't. I knew what it was about, but I, I didn't know what it was going to be like, and like the fixation of Harold, you know, has with death. Uh, and just how grim it could be at times. Like I was also a little stoned when I watched it, so you know it was like some That's of those. Okay, they were when they some made of it. those like some of those suicide scenes were like you know uh, like kind of rub you know kind of kind of rubbing against the grain for me a little bit. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It was bizarre. I mean, it was so it was so hard. You know, I, I I looked up Hal Ashby after that and realized he was the same person that did Being There. Yep, and then. That made Harold and Maude make more sense for me. Being there is like one of my favorite. I love that movie. Being there was the one that it was the one film that I hadn't seen until the last couple of years, and it's yeah, it's like wow, this is, um, again, you know, because it's it's a 
I mean, the film itself is like four, 40 years old now, and the book the the book is even older, and it's again it's like shockingly relevant. Right. But um, it might be of uh, Alan Greenspan a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe that was just because he was was he the Fed chair? Did the guy become the Fed chair in the thing or? Sort of I don't think I don't I don't think thing. yeah definitely well I mean the one guy was the one guy was president one guy was like a like a power behind the throne billionaire and um I don't know if it if there was a greenspan type but it was definitely you had like clueless rich and powerful people who um just you know were in the state of constant projection of stuff onto the sky right it's it's a movie for our time just yeah. like uh, they live the world is finally really ready for they live. Yep, and if we could, if movie, if movie theaters were open, or we, or we could hold mass gatherings again, um, they live was one of the things that I wanted to screen as like a like you know as like a DSA film night or something. I was like, and what was the other one? Mate one, John Sales's uh, Mate one. Oh yeah, that's a great that's a great movie. You won't be treated like men. You won't be treated fair. But you ain't men to that coal company. Your equipment, like a shovel, a gondola car, a hunk of wood brace. They'll use you until you wear out or you break down or you're buried under a slate fall, and then they'll get a new one. And they don't care what color it is or where it comes from. It doesn't matter how much coal you can load or how long your family has lived on this land. If you stand alone, you're just so much shit to those people. You think this man is your enemy? Huh? This is a worker. Any union keeps this man out. Ain't a union. It's a goddamn club. Now they got you fighting white against colored, native against foreign, holler against holler. When you know there ain't but two sides of this world. Them that work and them that don't. You work, they don't. That's all you got to know about the enemy. Which I've never actually seen. But the the kicker is like it's... It's such a. It seems like such a terrible name because it's. It's like it's almost like unless you know the place name, it's like no. We call it like the battle. You know, I mean, yeah. The, I guess the the Bla- the battle of Blair Hill, or the battle of Blair Mountain, or something else is a bit catchier. But it's like, just like nineteen eighty seven James Earl Jones people. Come on. Right. Uh, well, the interesting thing about that movie too is that um, John Sayles did it for pretty cheap. So the film stock is like looks like it's seventies film stock. So even though it's from nineteen eighty seven, it looks like it's you know, a movie that's ten or fifteen years older. Yeah. That kind of tri- that kind of tripped me out a little bit. Golden that's era that's a good movie. Golden era Hollywood. Yeah. I got that at Movie Madness, so it, if and when that ever opens up again, they have it. Yeah. That's the yeah um so yeah, but also uh I but a brief aside on Harold and Maud, I first saw that when I was eleven. Which mm-hmm. was both probably a little bit too young to fully get everything, but also it's like one of those very fam- you know, one of these very, uh, very famous of like, you know, even like back then I'm like, oh my god, this movie is for me, and of like, you know, there's like this dark weird kid, and like I think the t- the two scenes like the the ones uh, I think the two of the suicide scenes, one the one of the hand chopping where he could just completely stone faced, you know, he um, you know he chops off his own hand and no sells it to the person he's talking to completely deadpan and the one where he does the uh you know the 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 self-immolation one where i remember just watching mm-hmm. it the very first time and just couldn't stop laughing at it of um it's it was pretty wild yeah and it's um i, I just 
I had no idea to expect that from that movie. So it tripped me out. Yeah, and it was. Um, <laughs> I saw it on a. I saw it on a on a at a summer in the in the rec center of a summer campground of a family <laughs> vacation in like 1987, 1988. It's it it's blows good my stuff. Mind. No, no one ever ruined that movie for me. Like like it. I had no expectations about it, like going in, and you know, how many people have I heard fawning over that film, and no one ever ruined it for me. So good for them. Uh, they'll be getting some sort of gift card in the mail, or probably in the email, to be honest. Yeah. Do you well? Do you remember something about Mary? Yes. Yes. One of the and and this is and this is definitely something. About Mary is the sequel to There's Something About Mary, right? One of the things of like the you could definitely tell it's the Ferrelli, the Ferrelli brothers that kind of like tipping their screenwriter hand, and it was something that's it's so hilariously specific, and it's like that only like um, of course like film nerd screenwriters would include this, but they actually put there's a, I just remember there being a little facet about how Ben Stiller's character is so enamored with her because. Um, you know, he's like one of the few women he kn- he's ever met in his life who truly loves Harold and Maude. Are you a movie buff? Well, I try to be, but it's tough going out there with all the crap they make today. I guess I just wish they made movies like they used to make. You know, classics like The Karate Kid or Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude is my all-time favorite movie. I'll bust my chops. I know it's corny, but I, I, Pat, I really I'm like Pat, I'm not kidding. Movie. I think that Harold and Maude is one of the greatest love stories, stories of, of our, our time. time. Here I thought I was the only one. And like that seems like such a um, you know and that's like that's like one of her of like Mary's like uh, you know like prime selling points and like oh my god that is that's like so very um, purely yeah. uh, like you know like film dork like geeky uh, you know awkward uh, screenwriter film dork lines. Yes, exactly. So let's go. Hillary, Hillary Clinton actually mentions there is something about Mary in her book. What happened? Really? <laughs> what? Do, the, yeah. And, and, and like, well, I mean, it came out when she was still in the White House. So, well, let's. I just found it. A deranged. Uh, this is her writing. A deranged hitchhiker says he's come up with a brilliant plan. Instead of the famous eight-minute abs exercise routine. He's going to market seven-minute abs. It's the same, just quicker. Then the driver, played by Ben Stiller, says, well, why not six-minute abs? That's what it was like in policy debates with Bernie. We would propose a bold infrastructure investment plan or an ambitious new apprenticeship program for young people. And then Bernie would announce basically the same thing, but bigger. On issue after issue, it was like he kept proposing four-minute abs or even no-minute abs, magic abs. I had actually read that before. I forgot about it. Yeah, though. I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah I remember. See, I, that part I remember because I remember, I remember that quote about it. That's good though. That's good writing, don't you think? Yeah, no, she definitely successfully recounted a scene from the film. There's something about Mary, right? But the language is so fluid, and and, and you know, it did. It's a it's a political memoir. It didn't have to be poetic and beautiful, and yet it was. You know what I mean? The thing that I find just so surreal about. Hillary is that I stumbled upon her Twitter and she is just like sassing Trump like why why aren't you doing this why aren't you you know doing that and it's so strange because I remember like one of the things that people were talking about when Trump got in was like if uh, before he got in 
was if he loses, he's just gonna he's gonna start the Trump News Network and he's going to just be constantly sniping at her and complain about the election and you know tweeting mean things and it's it's blows my mind that Hillary has literally just become that like <laughs> she spends her time sniping at Trump on her Twitter she's starting a podcast and she's just carrying on and on about how the election is illegitimate it's the exact same thing that You're people right. are afraid of just in the other direction it's amazing yeah that's a trip yeah she's uh she's on a sour grapes tour for sure wild yeah it was that's the part of the thing of um it was going around that it was like it was like her, either her personally or her campaign people were the ones who were giving the Warren campaign all of the the, the most absolute worsts, um, uh, absolute worsts like uh, like information and advice. But well, shows um, stuff that I've been watching. And see, we watched. Um, my partner had never actually. I can't remember. Had never really had only barely seen and never didn't really re- really remember. Oh, brother, where art thou? So we watched that last night, and it's still, um, it is uh, still great. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, and I didn't realize until I was like, just reading through either the IMDb trivia or, um, or like, or like the Wikipedia notes, like exactly how much like Papio, you know, Charles Durning's character, Papio Daniel, really was based on a real life Papio Daniel type, you know, radio politician from the time. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, hello there, boys and girls. This is Governor W. Leo Daniel of Texas, speaking direct from his 88-year-old governor's mansion in the friendly city of Austin, the capital city of beautiful Texas. Right. You know, like I said, the, you know, the, the, his his claim to fame is he was the one person to ever defeat uh, LBJ in, a, in an election. So... And he really, and he did have a radio show where he had on, like, he had, like, on, and, you know, he would, you know, he would write copy and had on, like, an old-timey band and all sorts of stuff, so. So there's that. Uh, other stuff we watched, we finally watched uh, The Lion in Winter, like, a very, a great old, uh, well, old, a great film from, like, 1968 about Henry II that stars, see, Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole, who who looks like he's in his mid-50s, yet was, like, only, like, 36 at the time. And, like, um, um, what's her name? Not Catherine O'Hara. Um, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn, yes. And uh, who else is it? And also, in a very, very young Timothy Dalton, where, like, his his voice is, like, two octaves higher than it, than it is now. You beat him down in every war. You twisted every treaty. You played mock the monk. And then you made him love you for it. I was there. His last words went to you. He was a loving man, and you've learned nothing of it. I learned how much fathers live in sons. And he looks like he's—he looks like he's like in a full-on like Romulan haircut. It's really weird. But he's in it too, and it's um, it is this great you know kind of great drama written in the mid '60s. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, just you know a lot of stuff, and I just you know a couple some good stuff, and just a lot of video games, <laughs> a lot of video games. Yeah, I don't think I could really handle Oh Brother, Where Art Thou right now. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I'm really in more of a No Country for Old Men mood. 
I um, I ever tell you about when I'm I saw... feeling really grouchy right now, and I want to watch grouchy, miserable stuff. See, I don't know if old country for me. I I, call, I would consider grouchy. I just consider that deliberately bleak. Yeah, that's what I'm after. Grouchy, <laughs> grouchy's good too. But yeah, I, I, like I tried watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it was just completely bouncing off of me. I just I couldn't. I just wasn't feeling it. I know the feeling. Yeah, I saw Joker. Uh, I'm sure y'all probably saw Joker too. And yeah. uh, I haven't. Yeah, current mood Joker. Yeah, and I didn't find that as bleak as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it could have so, gone bleaker. That would be my big critique. Yeah. No, it was It was like, I, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, I didn't have a strong feeling at the end of it. You know what I mean? I thought I was supposed to have a strong feeling at the end of it. Well, did you think that it said a lot about our society? Do, um, I suppose, maybe. What, that yeah. we live in A? Yes. That's cool. Um, well, one thing. Oh, one thing I did find out is Muncie Girls, the kind of like trio out of uh, trio out of England that um, I had repped for, you know, just months ago. Finally, put out an EP of like kind of like an odds and sods EP that I was listening to. That is, you know, like a lot of great little like noise pop tunes. That I heavily recommend too. Oh, and I also recommend building a catio because I finally finished ours, and the damn cats are going to enjoy it, even if I have to force them to. Fortunately, at least the weather is uh, the weather is getting better, so I can kind of. How did you build it? I built it out of um, PVC, zip ties, uh, chicken wire, and like uh, kind of like plastic roofing uh, material. There we go. There's the um, there is the uh, there's a sample picture of it from the inside. But it's a lot of like there's a company on there's a company on uh, online they they sell through Home Depot, but they effectively make. <clears throat> they make um uh-oh what was that what did you just do <laughs> but i barfed it along what do you expect did you did you cough was that a cough yeah it was, a, it was a dry cough you not, have, it's a dry cough not a wet cough. no i don't have the coro don't get the rona at least not until you're done editing this episode <laughs> right well you know, i have as my local friends are saying it's like we're all gonna get it it's just a, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and it's just a matter of that, and hopefully not so many people get it that they collapse the health system, which is, you know, again, as you know, the aforementioned running without slack. You know, but yeah, but I, I finally built a uh, built a catio for um, for at least the one cat who still healing from her broken part of a broken bone on her leg, that um, at least she can kind of like hop out and kind of like hop in there and kind of look around and see what's going on. Um, they haven't done that voluntarily yet, and. Um, but you know, give it time. That's a cash for it. You oh. got to put some treats out there. This is true. All right. Well, we've been going for a little while. We covered everything from, um, you know loose language whatever conversation of bullshit and i want to think because i just want to check in with everybody because it's like a thing where like we now we all have to um this is our life this is how we uh <laughs> our lives are you know we talk about you know how like media was everything and uh you know oversaturating all aspects of our life well you know even our uh even all of our all of our interactions are hyper mediated through the uh through the the spectacle now but word up so 
But I think I'm gonna yeah, go to, uh, this sucks. I don't like it. Let's let's go back to the way things were before. That's what yeah. I said. Yeah. Well, there's no let's more. try not having diseases. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. It's we like I said, we are in uncharted territory. And you know, I think the thing that I kept saying last week or the week before was like whatever was gonna happen this week or whatever was going to happen this year through all this shit, we were st- we were yet in the opening credits. I don't know if we still are or for like you know, we're still falling in like the first act or something. I think no no, we're definitely in the first act because it's kind of a thing we're at least yeah, definitely. but it's um all I gotta say is, uh, folks, if you want a uh, want a fun uh, want a fun viewing uh, from back when they when uh, they used to make um, extended miniseries out of Stephen King novels, watch the 1994 version of The Stand. Uh, the one well, you, you have to get it on Vudu because the one on that's on Vudu actually has the music, and it's the one you really you really needed it just for the opening shots that are you know like this uh, the opening shots set to uh, Blue Oyster Cult. It's uh, it's good times. Is that your quarantine recommendation? Sure, why not? People are watching plenty of quarantine shit already. Like plenty of people are watching like Contagion, you know the film from a few Soderbergh's film from a few years ago, and like. Uh, Citations Needed even did like a little like one-off episode talking about that film of like how it's, you know, it's um, it is a really well-made film, but all you know it has some pretty dodgy politics of like yeah. you know the only you know the only the only person that you know it has like an Alex Jones conspiracy theorist in there who's the only person who who is a little bit hesitant at letting the government control everything, and um, which is super ironic considering the fact that. Alex Jones is currently extremely horny for having the government control everything. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he was, was it him or Jim Baker who was pushing the, uh, this toothpaste will save you from the, uh, will save you from outbreak? That was Jones. Okay, yeah. Um, it contains patented nano silver. Yeah. Jesus. I'm still, I'm still surprised he hasn't turned blue from, like, just, you know, doing full on, uh, doing full on, like, just drinking, like, you know, buckets of, of colloid silver. But, oh, I'm sure he's way too smart to sample his own product. Yeah, I was gonna say he's one of the. the yeah, that's the thing. He's he's just not dumb enough to like you know get high on his own supply. Can one of you explain to me the uh, colloidal silver? What is this subculture? Uh, I've 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 only you know about this. Jacob, you want to go? No, you can take it. Um, colloidal silver is one of those things where God, what was that? I'm gonna do a quick little look up now. Um, Why not? I know that, that people think it has these like strong medicinal qualities, but and then it turns them blue. Yeah, because uh, they take well, they too much. To, yeah, they you you have to basically overdose to have that happen. And that's one of the things about dosages. Like people, it's like, hey, if a little, you know, it's it's the thing of because people, can, you know, we're not wired to handle, we're not wired or socialized to ha- to really comprehend the idea of dosage. Of like, hey, if a little bit of this thing is good, then you know why? You know, let's let's just scale it the fuck out and just start taking handfuls of it. And uh, like, well, if you do that, you will turn do, blue. Do these, do these folks think it's like a panacea? Do they think that like it kind of does does everything? Um, thickens your hair, makes you makes you more vital, puts the pep in your step. Well, here I'll give you this little slug line that oh, that becomes if you if you yeah. Search for search for colloidal silver on DuckDuckGo, and one of the first results pops up. Colloidal silver is a popular alternative therapy. Its advocates claim that it's an effective treatment for all sorts of infections and diseases, raising from the common cold to cancer. So yeah, it's panacea. It's um, good enough for me. And it's yeah, it is. It 
bizarre, but it's you know it's kind of a thing where, seeing as how official sources of information have been, you know, duly discredited lately, um, and this is just one of those things where like a lot of people were like you know hop on it and sell it to uh, sell it to folks. So I don't know. But uh, how long before? Uh, well, like we said, well, that's part of the other the other odd thing about the fact that because. Um, the the outbreak is primarily you know it was really hitting hard amongst uh you know idiot rich people is you know to point you know from uh from certain U.S. senators to uh to like you know Bolsonaro has it and uh, I'm like how long before like Alex Jones either tests positive or um or has like you know staff members who do well I saw a thing that said that he was buying a bunch of supplies for his office including things like mattresses and stuff so my understanding is that he's actually planning on going on full lockdown for the duration of this in his studio so he can keep streaming the whole time yep remain indoors That'll. For- are you kidding This? I'll bet this is a boom season for him I, he's bet, been, I, just, I just said he's been, wild that's all I said oh, oh, I thought you said why sorry no I think yeah. I understand why I think Jeremy, we should seriously think about like selling those food buckets. Oh God, what, what, what did wait, what did Baker get? Baker got sued for something like in the in the last week, didn't he? What did he get sued for? I don't know if he got sued. I thought he got warned. Yeah, let's check. Let's let's uh, do some do some real t- some real time look up Jim Baker and news. Jim Baker, <laughs> eleven days ago. Um, CBS News. Um, televangelist Jim Baker sued for selling fake corona- coronavirus cure. Oh, okay. And, no uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought they just wagged their finger like they usually do. Oh, no. Sued by the state of Missouri. Okay, on Monday. Uh, this is uh, CBS News, dated uh, 12th of March, 2020. Um, on Monday, the Jim Baker Show and six other companies were warned by the U.S. FTC and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to stop selling unapproved products and treatments baker god baker's website offered products like oh here it is quote silver soul liquid unquote that claimed to be able to diagnose or cure the coronavirus covid19 um in a letter to jim the jim baker show the fda said the products are in violation of the federal food drug and cosmetic act all right sorry to hijack it with uh colloidal silver business but are we wrapping up we're pretty much wrapping up all right you have to make your quarantine recommendation, though. Oh, God. The suit says Baker has been selling selling the silver solution, unquote, also known as Silver Soul or and the Optivita, Jesus Christ, silver solution, since at least 12th of February 2020. Uh, he promoted the product on a show saying, quote, it has been tested on this, this strain of the coronavirus, but it, it hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it has been tested on other strains of the coronavirus, and it has been able to eliminate it within 12 hours. Um, he also claimed the government proves Serizol has the ability to claim to kill every pathogen it has ever been tested on, including SARS and HIV. These claims, which are reiterated on Baker's website, are completely baseless. So, yeah, all the best people are out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like we're missing out. There's there's so much money to me. Did you guys know that? Harold and Maude, if you watch it on Amazon using our coupon code, will actually cure the coronavirus. It's true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do we have any uh, any uh, any final parting words? 
No, wash your hands, I guess. Yeah, you wa- know? Folks, yeah, I was going to say, uh, if you have, uh, join a local sol- solidarity mutual aid network, uh, join Symbiosis, join DSA, get hooked into a network, and um, because the, this is, I mean, part of why this is like how information and training is getting changed because, um, and it's also how, because like, a lot of, you know, a lot of you know we are we've you know the the way that we've structured our entire well the way that the people in power have structured our entire society over the last over the last decades has been kind of been shown to be you know completely illegitimate and insufficient for handling basic life and I think it's kind of a thing where like on the um on the worst year ever podcast like Robert Evans one of the hosts who actually now lives in Oregon I which I did not know was talking about how it's like yeah it's you know, start supporting solidarity and mutual aid networks because we're all we're got for the uh, at least the short term. That's all. That's all I can say. It's kind of like stay together. We, we're all in this together. Support Bernie. Um, do whatever you can. You know, keep washing your hands. Stay inside and remember, remain indoors. All right. Anything else, guys? No thanks. All right. But I had a good time talking to you. Yeah. In your room. Yep. Uh, I'll be in your rooms later tonight. There I wish go. Natasha was here. She is. Uh, hopefully, she can uh, pull through this. But yeah, she is. Uh, was not well enough to be able to talk tonight. So yeah, no, yeah, I get it. yeah. All yeah, right. I'd like to. I'd like to hear from her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see if you can, folks. Check out Natasha's podcast, Meta Machina, uh, spelled M E T A M M A S H I N A. That's how you spell it, isn't it? Let me do a quick check. Meta Machina. You'll find it. We have faith in you. Yeah, Meta Machina. Three, har- three harpies. Shout pod- outs. Shout outs. Th- Meta Machina. Three harpies podcasting about genre fiction. Yeah, um, and that moved to uh, to Arkansas to move in with her grandmother, and has been uh, kind of laid uh, laid low lately. So we're wishing her all the best. But other than that, all right, guys. Uh, thank you for being up for uh, chatting tonight on our, you know, ob- you know, otherwise you're obviously action-packed Sunday night, and um, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, yeah, stick together, everyone. Uh, look out for each other. All right, take care, guys. Yep, Have a take good care. One. Yep, good night.